0: all right so we just talked all about my my back my injuries and a little bit of training philosophy what came out of it but let's hear about more of your Tommy John story I know you made that YouTube video about it so quick little spark notes version
1: yeah you know that was kind of when I was trying to put out podcast style content wasn't really on a schedule and whatnot so it's kind of be nice to dive into it a little bit of more detail here but um yeah my Tommy John I had it when I was 19 no I was 20. I was I was 19 when I got the MRI but by the time I got the surgery I was 20. but um yeah it was kind of it was tough obviously on me <laughs> but um yeah, it, was, it was it was a hard hard one to come back from what did it what did it feel like like when you tore it like go through that yeah
0: that process like what were you doing when it happened
1: so like my senior year of high school is when I got a lot stronger and started throwing like actually far because I would throw you know, like, one. I threw, like, 145 sophomore and junior year of high school, and then by my senior year, I was throwing, like, 170, which 170 in meters is, like, 51, so it's not it's not good, but, you know, for a high schooler in Connecticut, it was good enough to, like, go, you know, make it to states and state opens and qualify for the lower level of nationals and stuff, but, um, so I, I threw fork grip at the time, which, for people who know javelin, fork grip is, like, a great opportunity to just dip your wrist down and uh creep in your arm and push the javelin. Uh so that I think led to a lot of it, but I also got really really strong in a short amount of time before the season, but I had just no mobility. This is when I was like 230, probably like 20 like that around that 23% body fat um and just was big and lumber or not, yeah, and just like you know, really pushed the javelin, had no external rotation in the shoulder, no hip-shoulder separation, any of that. And so going through the year, it just, like, progressively got worse. And you could see in my numbers, it was, like, I was consistently at, like, 170, and then, like, middle of the season, it was, like, 165. And then last, you know, meet of the year, uh, like, state opens was, like, 160, and then it was, like, 155, and then 145, and just kept getting worse. And um, I... I really just like it hurt really bad, but I think that like every year, yeah, <laughs> just cracking it every year, like I was used to having elbow soreness, so I thought that it was just to like an extreme extent because i I had competed so much more my senior year than any other year because my coach was putting me in invitationals and I was going to states and then state opens, and then I was throwing discus on top of it, and I made it pretty far in discus too, and then I was going to New Englands and then nationals and just my throwing volume was just a lot more that year. I also started training for it a little earlier that year too, cause at that point I decided I wasn't gonna play football in college. So th- like this was, I was preparing for like what I thought was my last sports season ever. So every other year I looked at javelin as like a side thing and I'd start it the first day of practice. But this year I started throwing like probably the beginning of March or like maybe the end of February. So my throwing volume was just very big. And for someone dumb like I was, I didn't throw at all in the off season and I pretty much just threw max effort like all the time. And so I had no, like you said, like no concept of like limiting throwing volume or limiting throwing intensity. Um, and so, yeah, so by the end of the year, my elbow was super, super sore and it just hurt like really bad. And at this point, I know looking back at it, that it was partially torn, but, um, it just like, it was excruciating pain when I would throw, but then it didn't really hurt when I would like lift or power clean or do anything else. So I was like, ah, if it was torn, I wouldn't be able to power clean. I wouldn't be able to bench press, but that's not true because the UCL literally only affects like the inside of your elbow and that throwing motion. And so I just ignored it. And then I went to Italy for like a month after I graduated high school. And when I came back, I decided I was going to try to give track a shot in college. So when I um, went to Southern, I walked on and on the team there. By that point, my elbow pain had pretty much subsided. So I threw through the fall, and my elbow was fine. Um, just because, like, the inflammation had died down, we practiced throwing volume limitations there, and they also, like, limited my intensity. And then fast forward to, like, February, we started ramping it up because we would do, like, ball throws over the winter. So we we're starting to build throwing volume so that going into preseason when the weather gets nice out, we able to throw a lot harder outside. And so like, I'm going from full approaches and practice and I start to feel that warm like stretch feeling in the elbow that starts to like creep down the forearm and like into the fingers a little bit like on release and like that warm pain that I'm like, all right, I gotta take like five minutes off in between throws. And so um, same thing. It was like first, I went into the first meet with the elbow brace, whatever, second throw. I pr'd by like four meters, and so now I'm thinking to myself, "There's no way it's torn. I just pr'd by four meters." You know, I threw fifty-five, almost fifty-six meters at this point, so that's like one eighty-five-ish. So at that point, it's like getting to the point where, like, all right, I could place that conference and be competitive with this. Like, I might hit two hundred feet by the end of my end of my freshman year, and that's what I was thinking because it was second throw of my career. And so that same trend happened. I took six throws that meet every throw. By the end of the meet, I was throwing like like 145 because every throw my elbow just got worse and worse fast forward to the next week I threw like 54 meters which was like 178 or something and same thing again that last throw I felt that like warm tear feeling in my elbow like kind of like down my forearm and that's when I was like yeah that's not good and so I took a month off and Um, continued my season went to conference same thing through 54 meters just destroyed my arm that meet again and then at this point like that month off allowed the inflammation to die down enough that I was able to compete one time where I didn't take any throws during that month off I was able to suck it up compete one time get fourth place as a freshman and, um, and then New England was the next week and now having only a week off in between meets, like my inflammation from the torn UCL at this point was super, super, super high. And it did not, I didn't allow myself enough time for it to die down at all. And so only one week later competing at New England's, I threw like 155. So I had like a 30 foot drop off and I was like screaming. I was like putting all my effort in and it was like not going anywhere. It felt like my arm was gonna rip in half. So then I'm still stubborn. I still think, you know, If it was torn, like, there's no way I would have been able to throw, like... This is a common... (laughs) This is a common common thought process. Like,
0: I mean, it's still attached to my body. So, if it was torn, my arm wouldn't be here. So, I'm going to
1: keep throwing. (laughs) Dude, I was just like, dude, there's no way that it was torn. Like, I was just like, I just... You know, the last two meets, like, I didn't give myself enough rest. That's what my thought process was. I just didn't rest enough in between meets. And, because that's just how I was... I was ingrained at this point. It was just throw really hard, max effort one time, give yourself a month off and then throw super hard, max effort <laughs> again and give yourself a month off. Like, that's what I thought. I don't know was, what was wrong with me. But yeah, so I was just like, you know, there's no way I went into this season like and PR'd by four or five meters and was able to compete. I was like, I just need to give it some time to relax. But this summer like, was different than the last summer. It hurt worse. Like I was giving people handshakes and like, my hand like hurt when they were shaking my hand and then eventually it got to the point where like it died down enough where I was still able to power clean and um bench press no pain bicep curls tricep extensions like no pain at all and then it was to the point where I was just like I still couldn't throw like even if it was like 20% effort like I could not throw like there's videos of me trying to throw like like roll under the jab like crazy and throw with like my tricep to try to just eliminate like any external rotation in the shoulder, any force on the inside of the elbow. Like I was literally like catapulting it where like my arm was just like super high up, just super unnatural throwing motion, moving down the runway, super, super slow. And then that continued the whole fall semester. And then in like December, Coach Wallen was just like, dude, did you ever get an MRI on this thing? Like, we've been telling you. And I was like, no. And he's like, I think it's time. He's like, you can't keep doing this to yourself because you could see that I was just getting super frustrated with lack of progress and lack of health. So sure enough, I went in, got the, got the, the MRI with the contrast and whatnot. And my doctor kind of had a similar story to yours. It was kind of funny. But he was like, yeah, you know, we'll call you and bring you in. We'll go over the results with you in person. And then, like the next day, he called me and was like, "Yeah, you don't need to come in. It's torn. <laughs> it's like yeah, that ain't yeah. it ain't attached. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the thing was like, gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he was like, you know, you don't. He's like, don't worry about coming back in. I tell you right now, it's torn. He's like we're gonna put you in contact with our surgeon. And then, um, I literally it was like in bed. Like woke up to that phone call. I walked downstairs. I saw my dad and I was like, dad, uh, my, you know, they just called me, my UCL's torn. And I was, this was like Christmas break, so I was home. And I was like, I'm driving to Southern. I got to go talk to coach. Because I, I think I was off that day because I had, you know, like they were giving me like a couple of days to figure it out or whatever. Because mm-hmm. they still practiced during that time. And so I went down there and told him. And Wallen just looked at me and was like, he said, let's go. He's like, that's, that's what I wanted to hear. Cause he's like, if it wasn't torn and that's the amount of pain you were in, then, you know, then that's not a good sign. You know what I mean? He's like, there's, there's, there's a silver lining to this and you're going to come out way better on the, on the other side of this. And so that's where I went and got the surgery like the next month. And, um, I took, you know, took that season off and then started rehabbing, uh, started rehabbing it. And, uh, that's when I started doing that deep dive of like really searching for, um, like new answers in terms of mobility and technique and, um, and diet and all that stuff. And because I had just a full year to really train without worrying about competition or training or anything like that. So that's when I, I lost a bunch of weight. I started getting more mobile, started learning how to put, throw properly and without pain and manage the, do load management and, I was just learning a ton throughout that whole process. And then, um, <clears throat> and then, what do you call it? So by the time I was ready to compete, I got cleared like February of that year of 2020. And then sure enough, like a month later, our season got canceled. So now this was the second year in a row that got canceled for me. So that was tough because I worked really, really hard to come back. And I took a, you know, from my last season competing was 2018. And now, now I'm going into 2020. It's been two years since I last competed. Season gets canceled again. So now my next season is 2021. So this was three years of just around the clock training with no competitions in sight. And that's when I was talking to you about like how I had that competition anxiety. And that was because I took so much time off from competing. And I just trained all the time. And I had, it was always really, really hard for me to, after surgery to replicate that intensity in practice because I was so used to just going balls to the wall, super hard, max effort in that meet and then taking a month off to rest my arm and then max effort again, everything I could do. And then since I tore my UCL doing that, coming back from surgery, I was just babying my practice throws and going super, super light and super light all throughout my rehab process because they were really, really light throws but the throwing volume was very high. And so that just ingrained that in my mind of, like, you tore your UCL throwing really hard, and now your rehab program is having you throw a lot of throws, like 75 throws a day, but, like, super low volume, like, super low intensity, so, like, 50% effort or less. So then that was, like, two, that was, like, three years, basically, of just practice throws where I didn't throw hard at all. And so somewhere along the way, after I got cleared, you know, that lack of hard, intense throws allowed some scar tissue to really build up in my elbow. So then, like summer going into my senior year, you know, I was doing the mobility stuff. I started working strength through length, started getting faster and stronger and jumping. I was like ripped at this point, and I, I started developing that pain again in my elbow, and I was like, I, I couldn't figure out what it was because I was like, I didn't do I didn't do anything, like I didn't throw hard to tear it again, like. I didn't do anything. So I was like super confused. Then I would try to throw and I would feel that same feeling of like, it might be like partially torn again. It felt the same exact feeling as it was partially torn. And that pain continued all throughout my senior year off season. And I'm coaching Nevin and Jordan at this point too, because they were freshmen at this point. I was a senior on the team. We were practicing off campus and I'm trying to lead them and teach them everything I know. But then here I am, like, my PR is 55 meters going into my senior year. My elbow still hurts. I haven't competed in three seasons. Like, I was kind of a mess up here, but I was just trying to give and give and give to them so that they could be as good as they could be. And then, so it was a lot of, like, a lot of stuff going on mentally mm-hmm. for me. And um, then going into going into that season, I was like, you know, I was not supposed to... Or I was supposed to compete again, obviously, right? This is my senior year. And I still had that pain. I remember trying to throw two weeks before our first meet. And I was like, dude, like, I could not break, like, 130 feet in in practice. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I just took three years off to train for this thing. And, like, I'm not ready. And so being in that player coach's role, you know, so I could, like, get exempt from class and stuff, Coach Wallen entered me into the meet. And so... I was able to go to the meet and watch and, you know, travel with the team. But then I was just gonna warm up and then scratch so that I could just coach Jordan. Cause this is where we started building that beast even back then, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, then that player coaches role. And so that was the plan. And then we were talking like before, and I was like, yo, if I feel good, like, you know, you think maybe I could just try one from like a seven step and see how it goes? And he's like, yeah, sure, you know, see how it goes. Just do one and see, see where it takes you. I took one throw from a seven step. I threw a hundred and I threw like 54 meters, which was like 179 feet. My second best throw all time. So comparatively it's not too bad because my old PR was from a full approach. And so immediately I walked off the runway and I was convinced that I ripped my tricep and UCL off the bone Damn. and I could not lift my arm like above my waist. Because what happened was looking back at it now is that that scar tissue that got built up, it started tearing like a little bit, but it wasn't completely like ripped apart or torn yet. It was still kind of hanging on by a thread. So that first throw back in that competition setting, even though it was from a seven step, I still had that adrenaline and put that whip into it. And that one throw just obliterated all the scar tissue and just like obliterated my tricep. And it was to the point where like I walked away and I was like, yeah, I can't take any more throws. Like I'm done. I walked away from that meet, like thinking like my career was over because I was like, what if I can't do a seven step in a meet without obliterating my arm, like what am I doing? So I, we got, you know, a couple days are going by. I can't lift my hand above my arm to like lift my shirt off my lift my shirt off. I can't shampoo my hair. It's hard to like brush my teeth, like whatever, all that stuff. And so, with that being said, like I told Juan, I was like, you know, maybe I'll give it another shot at conference, but I'm just gonna like take the rest of the season off. Like I think I'm. I was like, if I'm if I can't do a seven step and throw hard, like I just don't think I'm meant to do this. And he's like, you know, I I agree with you. <laughs> Basically, that's <laughs> what he like, said. He's like, yes, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> throwing. I was like,
0: he's like, please
1: stop doing this to your body. And not in my body, but my mind, yeah, too. Your mind, too. Yeah, you it's know? a huge mental thing. I was bro. putting so much and like, people that follow me and people that see me operate in the day-to-day, like, they see how much I care about coaching and nutrition and my athletes. And, like, um, back then when I was more immature about it, I, I just couldn't handle, I couldn't handle it. You know, I had too much yeah. going on up here. And um, and then craziest thing happened, though. It was, like, 11 days or something like 12 days after um that meet we were getting ready for our second meet that was also at the same place it was all at UConn because we were all at in-state meets that year and so I was like hey mom mom kind of feels good <laughs> oh my God. let me
0: throw one I was like I was like, really I was like
1: so like the day before the meet I hit like a full like three hour workout I'm like yo low-key I might be back for conference I do a full upper body lift I'm I started throwing in practice. It was feeling good. Like I was watching videos. My arm was getting like good layback, and like I, I felt like decent. There was like a little bit of lingering pain left, but like I was I was pretty much fine for the most part. And then I went in, and and Walm was like, "Yo, you, you think you're gonna like try it out tomorrow again, or like how you feeling?" And I was like, "No, like I had a full day of training today. Like you know, I'm gonna be pretty sore tomorrow. I still have a little ling- lingering pain, and then I think I'm just gonna give it a shot the next one." So like, another two weeks. And then since I was entered into the meet to go warm up, scratch, tell the, tell the, tell the official, like, oh, I'm not competing today. And then Coach Jordan, it was like I, um, what do you call it? I basically was planning on doing that. And then I woke up the day of the meet, and my arm felt, like, perfectly fine. And I think the day before doing all those reps in practice mm-hmm. and um, doing, like, a full-body workout, I got a lot of blood flow to my arm, and it actually made it feel, like, better. And so um, so I woke up that day. I walked into the coach's office. I, I said, yo, I'm competing today. And I went out there. First throw again from the seven step, threw, threw a PR by like a meter. Second throw, threw another PR by like a meter. And then third throw, threw another PR by like three meters. And then so I threw like 59 that day, which is like my first time throwing in the 190s. And then after that, I was like, my head kind of blew up. I was like, dude, I am...
0: Back. Oh, the, i was like the ego monster the, got released and
1: then dude like next meet i was convinced i was gonna throw like 70 meters <laughs> yeah that big jump but then i never an I PR again that season I mean, <laughs> that I was mean,
0: it at least you got the one
1: i one got the good, one you got but, the one good meet. Eh? like i still i still like had like a couple other meets where like i was okay but at that point then the ego did get to me and then again like I started focusing, like, way too much on, like, my arm power and just relying on my arm strength too much and just neglecting technique. Um, and then it's like, you know, my body still wasn't really used to that intense throwing volume, so then, like, other stuff started to bother me a little bit, like my block leg, like, the, the back on my block leg side because I go from not practicing at all to then doing, like, six full throws with a, with a full out, like, block. my body's not used to that. I haven't done that in three years. Mm -hmm. And even when I did it as a freshman, I probably wasn't actually hitting a block. You know what I mean? So I go from like never doing it to then competing. So my back started bothering me and then competition anxiety was definitely a big one. And then it got to the point where like my last big conference meet that year too, where I was like throwing like way too much with my arm. Like the same thing happened to my arm with the scar tissue again, just blew it up. So then at this point, like, going into the last meet of the year, I was, like, my arm was blowing up again. My back was bothering me and all that type of stuff. So then I uh, threw, like, crap the last two meets of the year. And then um, that was that. And then senior year, or that was my senior year, and then, you know, kind of that, that summer was a big, like, learning lesson for me because I, that was the first time where I kind of, like, I always scheduled my summers in college to be, like, I would work second shift at Lowe's. So I would work like 2 to 11 or 3 p.m. to midnight. That way, like I would basically go to bed at like midnight or 1 a.m. and sleep till like 8 or 9. And then I would like just wake up, eat, go train for like 3 hours and then go right to work and work 8 hours. And that was like my routine. And I loved that routine. And I didn't like anything getting in the way of it because it kept me on a very controlled environment. I was able to make money so that I could save my money through the school year so I didn't have to. Uh, work during the school year because during the school I just wanted to train and go to class and that was it. And when did you do homework, bro? On Saturdays and Sundays. That's it? Yeah. I did all my, I looked at the syllabus. I always planned it out so I would only, I would do like all my homework for the week, Saturdays and Sundays. That way during, during the week all I had to worry about was eating, sleeping, training, and going to class. You ain't go to class. I did. You skipping class?
0: No, I didn't, <laughs> bro. I had
1: perfect. I had perfect attendance did until you, hey? until my Tommy John. I never missed a okay. class until Tommy John. Honor. It gave me like it gave me an out, kinda. Oh I mean, yeah, you're in the hospital. I just like that was the thing, bro. I, I always took everything like super seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't honestly that summer after my senior year of, of college when I graduated was when I started to loosen up a little bit, which is a little opposite most people because I was like 22 at the time. I started that's when I started like taking life a little bit less seriously. And that's why like at that point is when I started down like my baseball rabbit hole and I went on a baseball stadium tour that summer. I told Lowe's, I was like, yo, I'm gonna be here like 15, 20 hours a week. I'm gonna work very limited hours. I'm going on vacation a bunch. And so like me and my, my friends, I like, went with like a bunch of different friends. I went to the Rockies game, flew out to Colorado with Hunter, one of my groomsmen at my wedding. I uh, drove out with another one of my groomsmen, Mark, we drove, we went to Cleveland and then Cincinnati and then Pittsburgh on the way back and visited another one of my groomsmen, Evan out in Ohio. And then, um, and then I went to Evan's wedding. He got married that summer. And then that was like in upper Ohio, like Akron. And so I went to Michigan before that wedding and visited my friend, John went to, uh, Went to a Tigers game. He was also a groomsman in my wedding. <laughs> yeah, every, yeah, everyone so, everywhere. So that, oh, listen to this, though. And then two of my other groomsmen, Nick and Tyler, we went to, um, we went in a three-day trip, bro. We went to a Washington Nationals game and then we in D.C., and then we went to a, a, a Baltimore uh, Orioles game the next day in Baltimore. And then the next day after that, we went to a Phillies game in Philadelphia. So we did a three day trip and we went there. So I went and then obviously like here and there, I went to, um, Mets, Yankees and Red Sox. So I went to like 11 different stadiums that year and just like, you know, drank at the games, ate hot dogs and pizza. And, you know, I would do hotel workouts. If I was on the road, I'd still brought like my protein powder and bands and creatine with me and stuff. And I would still work out. So, like, some people might see that and be like, oh, he's tapped. But I'm like, to me, I'm doing a 45-minute band workout. Like, that's nothing for me. You know what I mean? That was being lazy. And I would still, obviously, like, when I'm out, I would prioritize my protein intake and all that type of stuff. But I was not nearly as locked in as I was. Like, in years past, like I said, like, I would purposely set my schedule so that the first, like, eight hours of my day, all I had to do was just eat, sleep, nap. Or eat sleep. (laughs) Eat sleep. nap, (laughs) nap again, eat again, (laughs) sleep again. (laughs) Nah. so I would, like, wake up, you know, eat, work out, train, you know, whole thing. Like, three hours, though, it was, like, I would always go, like, mobility, med balls, sprints, jumps, then lift, and then go to work. And, like, tracking my calories, like, all that stuff. And so that's just what, that was the obsession that I had with it. And then that summer, like, going into grad school, I, like, loosened up a little bit because I was, like, I think actually what really helped me, too, was, like, seeing how good Jordan was, like, naturally, like, without caring because this kid, like, walked in freshman in college, like, throwing 65 meters trained for three months, you know, because he played football in the Mm -hmm. fall and just seeing how he kind of, like, you know, he just didn't put so much of his self-worth into it and was just naturally good and I was, like, yeah, you know, like, if I'm going to the point where I'm being so serious about it that it's like hurting me and hindering me and like I'm getting in my own way at that point, then it's like, I need to like loosen up and enjoy life a little bit more. And so that's where that balance kind of came into play. Um, and then, yeah, I went into my senior year or grad school and still definitely did things like differently than I would have now, but a big thing that was a big win my, my grad school year was I started off like at a low point like throwing 53, my first meet in like the pouring rain, but then each meet I got better, which I was never able to do before. Cause I always was hurt or the competition anxiety would get to me to be at like a higher, at uh, the higher meets. I would like freak out at the conference or new England's or whatever. Um, and so, you know, I started off regular season meet 53 and then I threw 57, 58, 59, and then 60 ended the season on, on a PR high note. So Obviously, like, I wish my progression was a little bit more. And, like, I still kind of ran into that back issue where I block side, leg, back um, was was bothering me. So, by the end of the year, I was throwing from a seven-step again. So, my last two meets, when I, or my last three meets, when I threw 58, 59, and 60, it was all from a seven-step. And I was still able to PR and improve and be the best I'd ever been. But that was because my arm was finally, I had a full year to actually throw leading up to it. So I was just going to show that like my arm power was so much better than years past because I was actually able to throw that off season. You know, had I gone back, I would have strengthened my psoas a lot more and gotten my, gotten my block leg and my hip a lot stronger and my back a lot stronger to be able to uh, do that, like replicate that force. And like, I wish I threw a little bit more out of the full approach in practice so that I could actually do that. And then, um, and then, yeah, that was it. Now, when I throw, I don't put nearly as much effort into my training. And I work a full-time job, two jobs. And when I go out and throw, I feel great now. And because, A, I don't care as much. So I think that I'm just naturally more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And, B, I, um, you know, i I'm more intentional about my training. I think I'll, I wasted my time doing a lot of other stuff that, like, didn't really actually make me better at throwing back then. I think I thought it would, but it didn't really always translate. Now it's like if I'm in a throwing phase, um, I know kind of like what to cut out to consolidate my time and to focus on more of that specific area, and yeah. and to be and to be more efficient with my practice time now.
0: Yeah, I think it's good to be disciplined, obviously when they're looking at a sport, but you don't want to make it your whole personality or like your whole livelihood because yeah. when you do get hurt. That's when, like, the whole mental side comes into play because then you're, you are you kind of lose, like, who you are. Like, you lose yourself in that sense that I can't... Like, my whole identity was baseball. I got hurt. I couldn't play baseball. And you have to find out, like, right, well, who am I? Like, before, it was just, like, I'm the baseball player. And then you can't do that anymore. You're like, I got to figure out. And then it was like, well, I'm a powerlifter now. So yeah. I, was just, I latched yeah. on that. And then it was like, that's, like, my whole identity. And then you realize, like, all right, does, like what you do is just for fun. Like you don't have to care. Like yeah, exactly. You don't have to care as much. Like you can relax a little bit and still have fun, and that's what I try to bring into sessions with coaching kids as well. Is like, you're gonna have the tapped individuals, but you gotta make sure they still enjoy it and have fun with it, and get like whatever sport they are playing. It's just a game. It's not life or Absolutely. death. Like, it's not like you're going to war. Like you're just you're having fun. It's it's all out there competing. And that's probably why Jordan's just naturally just such a good competitor because he just goes out there has fun. Probably just he knows mm-hmm. he's better than everyone. so yeah, he makes, like, I mean, yeah, that helps too. But, <laughs> but like like just joking around, like blasting music and uh, like saying some funny stuff in the camera or whatever, like before a throw, it like just helps him stay lax and loose. And yeah, that's why I wish I did a lot more, especially growing up. Yeah,
1: no, I, I agree with that. Let's wrap it up. All right. Injuries episode three. It's coming to a close. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Mass Monsters podcast. Peace.